Three, two, one. Welcome, nerdlings, to the third annual Halloweenaganza. And uh, I know I, for one, if you can't tell by my voice, am super, super, super excited because this is my favorite episode we do every year. Not even a joke. <laughs> it is my favorite. <laughs> Yeah, I also this this is a favorite too. We were just talking yeah. before we were recording, and we we're like, we're we love Halloween Aganza. Yeah, I think I've been like sing songing about like Halloween Aganza for the last like two hours. Yeah, it's it's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. It get there's a lot of excitement around it. Plus, we literally threw this together today because we just were in the mood to do a Halloween episode all of a sudden. Oh, oh yeah, and I already had my Halloween decorations like I didn't out decorate. September 1st. <laughs> really? Oh. Your brother and I used to always, but um, we had we just, I don't know, we keep forgetting lately, and we just haven't been really good at the last few years about doing it. How dare you? I know, and that's like <laughs> our favorite, th- like literally, this is our holiday, this is our jam, but we've been, I think work, we've just been busy. Well, you also did go to New Orleans, so that makes up for it. That's true. That did count. Oh, that was so much fun. Side note, like... If you haven't got to New Orleans, go to New Orleans. That was an awesome trip. We had so much fun. Uh, it was our 16-year wedding present anniversary gift to each other. So hmm. totally was worth it. <laughs> Speaking of spooky things. I am really jealous about that. Very, very extremely jealous. You and I will have to go at some point, actually, Ash. We should do an episode there. Just for, you know, shits and giggles, we go. Maybe a Halloween aganza number four. <gasps> Maybe, oh, or fifth, the fifth annual Halloweenaganza to celebrate all of the Halloweenaganzas before it. Exactly. <laughs> or to celebrate being around for five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we're there we getting go. there. We're starting year three. Yeah. I mean, year two was a little questionable. Maybe it's really two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's been a rough one. But yeah. uh, <laughs> hence the excitement over Halloweenaganza. But uh, yeah, no, it's fun to still do this. And I think even when we do folkloric, we'll probably still do Halloween aganza over here. Yeah, definitely. We'll just we can't, we can't, put them on both. We can't put it anywhere else. It has to go here. Yep. Yep. Exactly. We just, uh, yeah, this is where it, it bur- was birthed. Is that the right term? Uh, yeah, it was born here. It's a weird term, but it worked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was our weird CTN baby love child. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's weird. <laughs> Tells you what kind of episode this is going to be. <laughs> hey, that's what Halloween Aganza is, so. I mean, yeah, it's kind of just you and I doing whatever the hell we want. <laughs> exactly. We we get free range. Yeah. We're like free range chickens. Absolutely. So we decided to mix things up a little bit. Uh, we are going to do our stories, of course. But before we get into our creepy tales of the macabre, I think we're going to kick it off with a, a, a little game here. Like that. <laughs> Frequently asked Halloween-themed questions, icebreaker of sorts. Like a round robin, maybe? Oh, yeah, yeah. We're going to do a round robin. So you'll get the gist of the game. We're going to ask each other ridiculously stupid questions about Halloween and see what the answers are. We figured it'd be kind of fun way to uh, to start off our Halloween-aganza season three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, Ash. So you ready to kick off our game? Of course. <laughs> I knew you were. I'm putting you on the hot seat right now. <laughs> so, if you were in a do or die situation, what would your favorite Halloween candy be? <sighs> favorite Halloween candy. Yep. Um, like, that's the, the candy. The candy. Yep. Okay. 
Um, I really like almond mounds, but oh, girl! But I think I'm gonna have to go with the knockoff version of Reese's, which is Justin's. <laughs> really, you're gonna pick Justin's? Yeah, the the dark chocolate peanut butter, like Justin's Reese's Pieces, is so good. They're good. Are they Reese's Pieces good? Reese's Pieces is really good, but or not Reese's Pieces, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, once I discovered Justin's, I was like, wow. Your brother likes those, too, funny oh, enough. So good. It's not as sweet as Reese's. No, yeah, it doesn't have that. And I have seen them. I know some people are going to be like, that's not Halloween candy, but I have seen them in, like, little packs for trick-or-treaters, so fight me oh, on okay. it. okay. All right, <laughs> all right. You're going to stand your ground on that. I huh. am. I am. Well, I was going to say, I'm actually a huge Mounds and Almond Joy fan, too. Uh, I even like this one. It's like a UK version of it uh, or Middle Eastern. I always got it when I was a kid overseas. But um, they're called Bounty Bars, and they're, like, heavenly. It's literally, like, my favorite, favorite candy. Mm. And it's literally probably a Mounds bar, but I don't care. It's different. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard of that. It's different. They're so good. I'll bring them. I'll, I'll get them some point. You can order them and stuff. So I will find them and I will bring you some and you will taste the beautiful amazingness of the bounty bar. Oh, well, speaking of European candy, if if I was in Europe and this is the question, I would absolutely 100% pick crunchies. You and your brother, I knew it. I was like, <laughs> it's going to be crunchies. They're obsessed with these. Uh, the like honeycomb. when your mom comes home from Ireland every year, Jay, Jay is going to be heartbroken if she does not bring him crunchies one year. <laughs> Like he just expects it. They, it's it's the best. It is the best candy. Yeah. If this was Europe and I was living in Europe and this same question was asked, one hundred percent would be crunchies. Do you know I've only ever had them recently and once? And do you know why? Why? I I, I did not realize you haven't you didn't have a cr- the crunchy experience. Yeah, it was just this summer, and it's because your mom gave us crunchies, and I got to the bag first for the first time. Um, <laughs> typically, what happens is is your mom gives us these every year, and your brother eats them before I do, and I never get to eat them ever. <laughs> I just get to hear about the coveted crunchies. So finally, this year I got to it first, and I will say they were really good. They're I don't really, know if they're really my good. favorite, but they were good. Ah, oh, amazing. They're amazing. Mm, that's fair. To each their own. To each their own. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, on to the next question. Oh. If you had a Halloween costume that you had to wear for the rest of your life, and this isn't just like on Halloween, this is like every single day, what would it be? Ooh, I don't have a good answer for this. Every single day. It's like Groundhog Day. You, w- you wake up and it's the same thing. Same thing every day. I'm trying to think of a costume that I could wear every single day that would like... Not be the worst thing to wear every single day. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, let's see. Wait. Oh, so you'd have to put your makeup on, any Halloween makeup, all of that too. I guess I would do a knight. Ooh. I mean, if I have to wear a costume all the time, I'm going to totally go as a knight. Legit. Like, that way people will be like, this person is a knight every day. And I'll clunk my way through town. Oh my, so you're going to be like Brienne. Yes. I love Brienne. So, you're so just, I will be Lady Brienne every single day. <laughs> you're going to be ripped because that's going to be heavy. <laughs> I know. And they like clunk. But I, I do admit every time I play D&D, I play Warriors. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> so I had ulterior motives with this for sure. But I was like, 
Might as well have fun with it if I'm going to pretend to be a D&D character every day. Well, yeah, there you go. Hell yeah. yeah. What would you be? Uh, mine is the complete opposite of yours. <laughs> oh, what you got? So I've thought about this since I asked you. And oh. um, <laughs> seeing as I am a Taurus, I love my comfort. I'm a Taurus too. And I don't want to be carrying around metal every day. Right. Um, right. So I think, and I actually did this as a Halloween costume when I was younger. Um, yeah. I'd, I'd be like a pajama girl. Wait, that was an option. That feels like a cop out. <laughs> I remember I, when I I don't know about this. I want to call foul on this. Uh, well, I remember when I was younger, I just I dressed up with my PJs and I had like pigtails in and I had like a pillow. Yeah, and then you wear house slippers out. Yeah, like I don't even really know what I was, but I just was a PJ girl. <laughs> yep, same. I did the same thing that it was just I think I was like a little bit older at that point. Like I was probably like nine-ish, ten-ish at that point. Yeah, yeah. So on the older Halloween trick-or-treating side for that and, one. And I'm pretty sure I had like a little stuffy with me, like a stuffed bear. That is adorable. I'm sure I did too because I went everywhere. Tauruses, like comfort is the number one thing. It's so, that is very funny that we both are Tauruses and we both have done that. And I am just bummed that I was not a smart Taurus in this one and did not think of that strategy. Well, I mean, work would probably be an issue going with my PJs in, but like, whatever. I br- I'll bring I mean, a pillow. I can sleep wherever I want. That's kind of amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my work would be not surprised, but I mean, I don't see people a lot. So maybe every meeting I'm just wearing a night costume. I don't know if it, people would like be that shocked because it's <laughs> we're virtual. We're remote. So if it was really problematic, I could just turn my sc- my video camera off. Mm-hmm. No one will see my face for the rest of our time together, but, you know, it's fine. <laughs> All right. So the next question, Ash, have you ever had a paranormal experience? And if so, what was it? I did have something really creepy happen to me last night. Oh, really? <laughs> Why do you always have these creepy tales from... So, side note, before Ash and I get started recording, literally every time, Ash has something creepy and weird happen in her house. Every time. <laughs> it's like clockwork. Well, so, our nerdlings don't know this because this was actually a folkloric episode that I talked about this. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so I live in an 1850s farmhouse, and when I first moved here, the lady that I took over the lease for... Mm-hmm. was basically like, hey, um, so there's two steamer trunks here. They're really old. Don't move them. And I was like, uh, okay, why? And she was like, well, I moved them once, and just weird things started happening around the apartment. Yep. don't move them. And I was like, okay, like, that's cool. Thanks for telling me the day before I move in. Right, right. Um, and I already signed the lease. <laughs> and then It's too late now. <laughs> and then it just gets worse because she also told me, that there was a stuffed animal in the closet, uh, like the top shelf of the closet, and also not to touch that. So that's fun. That is, yeah, no, no, um, just nope. I, I don't like, like, creepy stuffed animals and dolls, and especially, like, old-timey ones that look antique and they're sitting on some really raggedy, scary-ass, you know, trunks, steamer trunks. Yep, no, none of that feels yeah. like a good time. Like, so none of that. Yeah, so, like, that wasn't fun. And then last night, I was watching Gilmore Girls, and it was finally time to go to bed, so I 
like turned off Netflix, shut my computer. I went, you know, brushed my teeth and like got ready for bed. Probably took like 20 minutes. Yeah. And I'm laying in bed and, you know, I do like the whole scroll before I go to bed thing, which is yep. so I shouldn't do it, but whatever. And all of a sudden I hear my computer start playing Gilmore Girls. And nope. I was like, nope. <laughs> I was like, absolutely not. Uh, I was like, okay, I'm just going to lay here and wait till it turns off and mm-hmm. I'm just going to stay in bed. Yep. That's exactly the p- correct response. Yeah, and it played for probably maybe like a minute, and then it like turned off again. And you're I was not, like, "You're shitting me, right?" I was like, "All right, nope. I'm not getting up till the sun comes out." <laughs> I can't believe you stayed in the room. I could not. Literally, I would be on that couch so fast. I would be out of that house so fast. There's no no ifs, ands, or buts. <laughs> yeah, and I, I am a wuss. <laughs> and I just don't. I know everybody's like, oh, it just could be your computer or whatever. But I, I closed my Netflix app. <laughs> like, I mean. My computer my computer was shut and charging. Like I would buy that because your computer hates doing multiple programs at once. Like anything. And like tr- it can't do, it cannot multitask your computer. So <laughs> I totally believe you. Totally believe you. Yeah, that was like really spooky so i was just we have this little nightlight in the hallway that i always have on every night because good call yeah because it's just i don't know like 1850s old farmhouse in like a super old town i think this town was settled in like i don't know 1691 or something crazy like that you know that place is haunted oh totally like it has to be they're everywhere there's just ghosts everywhere that's my thoughts yeah, and, like, that's not the only time I've heard something kind of, like, you know, bump in the night. Of course not. I've, like, heard things in my kitchen before. Ugh. The old tenant said that sometimes she um, would be home and it would sound like somebody, like, came through the door. That's terrifying. And I've actually experienced that because I've been home and all of a sudden I'll hear, I'll literally hear, like, the door open and close. Like, somebody, like, walked in and then I'll nope. be like, Mm-mm. Hi. And no one's there, and I'll go. How look. do you not like scream and run? Um, because you know, I kind of there's a little spot in my mind that's like, just relax. <laughs> like I don't have that spot. Everything's at cool. all. Yeah. Nope. Mine just goes to panic zone. There's no uh, uh-uh. nope, just none of that. <laughs> but it is weird because it happens during the day. But it's that's terrifying. Yeah, and it's not like our front door. We have a whole entryway and like a huge like old mm. staircase that goes up. So I don't I don't really know what's causing that. Maybe it's like a reoccurring thing that there's like a ghost here and like that's just what they did the day they died or something. So it just happens. Oh, maybe. Like every now and then. It's really weird. Oh, that creeps me out, man. <laughs> it just creeps me out. Yeah. I like it. Not at but all. I, nope. I'm not going to your apartment ever. Yeah. But anyway, what about you? Any? Um, nothing recently uh, at all. Um, thankfully, I don't want a ghost in my house. Luckily, we don't live in an 1800s farmhouse. It's from the 1970s. So <laughs> I don't think anything bad has really happened here. I don't know if there's a ton of history here. So I'm going to go with it's totally not haunted in my area. That's what would make me happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll let you believe that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, friend. Thanks. That's all I want. Just, you know, lie to me. It's fine. <laughs> but I did have something when I was a kid. I've actually had a couple things. I mean, kids are oh. creepy. So you probably have something from your childhood. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, when I was younger in our old house, uh, my brother subsequently ended up buying our old house. But uh, I, sh- I should ask him if anything weird still happens. But my room was particularly active 
And no one ever believes me, ever. But um, I had a lot of trouble sleeping, and I still do. I remember getting woken up out of, like, dead sleeps every single night with my bed shaking to the point where I actually had my mom move the big, giant, like, wooden couch into my room instead and took out my bed because I was convinced something was wrong with my bed because it would just constantly shake at night, like, randomly, and it would wake me up. So I was convinced it was that. So then we, I had the couch for a while, and even the couch would shake. And then all of a sudden, like, as I got older, it stopped doing it and then haven't had it since. But it was a weird thing. Actually, I take that back. There was one night when I was younger before that it ended that I did wake up and see, like, a black shadowy figure. And then that was the last time. Ooh, that's creepy. I don't like that. It was super creepy. It was, like, the scariest thing ever. So, yeah, I definitely, uh, mm -mm, I don't do ghosties. Don't do ghosties. (laughs) I was always convinced our house was haunted, our old house. It sounds it. Jeez. Yeah. It was creepy. Yeah. I used to live in Burlington with a few other ladies. It was so nice to come home and like, it was just always like, let's cook dinner together. You know, like just a a house of a bunch of friends. But I remember one time I fell asleep on the couch and all of a sudden I like, I woke up because, you know, sometimes you can feel someone if someone, if you Looking like have your you? eyes closed, well, if you have your eyes closed and someone stands next to you, you can like feel their presence. Absolutely. Yeah. So I fell asleep on the couch and I felt someone next to me, like over me, kind of like standing by the couch. That's no. And I opened, I opened my eyes and no one was there. And I was like, okay, that was really strange. And I went up to my bed and I told my roommate the next day and she was like, oh my God, I had like a crazy experience too. I was in the living room watching something and all of a sudden I heard a huge crash in the kitchen and I go Whoa. out and one of and our, our uh, silverware drawer was thrown across the room and was like completely out of the, the cabinet. Oh my God, that's terrifying. And I was like, holy shit, that's crazy. And we had actually talked to our landlord about what the house was before mm-hmm. we lived there. And well, at one point it was an old captain's house and then a few years before he had bought it, it was actually like kind of condemned and oh. a lot of heroin addicts lived there. He said that he found like a bunch of used needles and the air vents and like they were just everywhere. Oof. And so I was almost wondering, I was like, wow, I wonder if somebody was like, if a ghost was standing over me being like, oh, is this girl okay? She, she's like, oh, yeah, like because I was asleep on the couch. Maybe they're like, oh, my God, is this girl is she dead on the couch? You know, I don't know. Cause maybe that had happened there before. Unfortunately. Oh, maybe they were checking. That's so creepy. Yeah. So creepy. It was really spooky. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. I'm scared of the paranormal. I love it, but I, I am terrified <laughs> of it regularly. You would think I wouldn't like horror movies and horror books. Nope. Totally opposite. Love them. Then I don't like the real life stuff. <laughs> we'll have to listen to this recording when we edit it to see if we summoned anything. That's not funny, Ash, at all. <laughs> see if any, I hope it's at your house. See if anything's talking through our recording. That's not funny. <laughs> you know, I actually, all the time, like anytime I edit, I have this like weird fear that I'm going to hear some weird, creepy EVP on our audio. And then I'm always like, if I do it, we're done. That's just it. We're done. <laughs> I'm never recording again. <laughs> or I'm never editing again. One or the other. We're a haunted oh, podcast. Oh, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god, I would be so freaked out. Nope. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, let's 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 turn this around and make this make this a uplifting, funny thing. So mm, we'll go we'll go uplifting. Um, do you have any funny Halloween memories? Um, it's not like funny per se. It was just like a cute ha- uh, like Halloween memory when my little brother was like. I think he was like eight or so. Um, I was probably like 16 or so at that point. So me and uh, two of my teenage friends, we were driving, of course. And so we ended up taking him uh, trick-or-treating because my mom wasn't going to be able to that night. So we decided to dress up in solidarity with our little eight-year-old charge. (laughs) And he went as a – I think he went as a pirate that year. My friend went as a really cute fairy, and she had these, like, giant fairy wings, which she kept getting stuck in every door. (laughs) And um, I can't remember what our other friend went as, but I went as a clown. Because my younger brother and I both have a ridiculous fear of clowns. So I decided that that Halloween I was going to use my fear to be, like, my inspiration for my costume. And maybe if I wore this thing I'm scared of – Maybe I would get over my fear of clowns. No, no. I just was scared of me the whole time. But I had the like full get up. Like this was like the full like clown outfit and the hair and the face, like all of the face makeup, the little nose, the shoes. I mean, I did the whole thing. I was like, if I'm going to do this, I committed. And uh, yeah, no, I'm still terrified of clowns. So there's that. Wow. But I remember taking my little brother around and we had a great time. And it was cute because like he wasn't going to get to go otherwise. So. I usually would take him. That was kind of like our special thing is that most Halloweens, I would take him around. Oh, that's cute. And I mean, yeah, you conquered your fear or you tried to and failed. But I tried. But I gave up. That was very, it wasn't worth it. That was it. very big of you to do that. I think so, too. I thought I think so, too. I think it's growth. <laughs> <laughs> I have one that's funny to me now that I'm older. But if I was a oh. parent, I wouldn't think was funny. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> so my best friend and I, we she only lived one street over from me, so we were constantly together. So I was I was trick or treating with this friend one year and we were probably like ten. Yeah. Or maybe eleven. I don't know. We're young, naive children. And we had this kind of weird neighbor, not like direct neighbor, but mm. neighbor on the street. And he had this really long driveway, so you'd be on, you'd be up at the street, which you know, parents always wait at the street, and the kids run up to the house. Yep. So our dads were standing on the street, and we went down to this house, and we did the whole trick or treat thing. And he was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry, I ran out of candy, but here." And he like reaches <laughs> in his pocket and he takes out like seventy five cents for each of us, and he each, oh. he gives us each seventy five cents. And then he's like, uh, hold on one minute. And he walks away and he comes back with two cans of Budweiser beer. Oh, my God. And he hands it to each of us. And he's like, here, give these to your fathers. <laughs> right? It's ridiculous. And we still talk about it to this day because we're like, uh, what? This man just gave two. Like, like, yeah, who gives minors beer? <laughs> gave these two 10-year-olds beers. And we're like, here, take those to your fathers. <laughs> like, I mean... It was like the early 2000s, right? Oh, it was so funny, though. Like, I'll I'll never forget that. Oh, my God. That's insane. That's really funny, though. Yeah. I mean, I would be okay with that now if that happened to me and someone brought me beers. Yeah, now that's, like, totally fine. But, like, it's just so funny. When you're a kid. 
<laughs> also, like, I'm pretty sure our dads were, like, kind of pissed because they're like, what the hell this guy just gave our Yeah, that's a little, a little unnerving. Uh, who gives, like, obvious children beer? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure wow. we skipped that house from there on out on Halloween. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure, like, ever since then, your parents were like, absolutely not. We are not doing that again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, if this was the end of the world... And you only had one Halloween costume to aid you in a zombie apocalypse. What would it be? Uh, <laughs> to aid me in a zombie apocalypse. You only ha- can wear one thing every day, but you get all the parts of the costume. So, like, it's a zombie apocalypse. What's going to be the best costume that you want to have that would give you, like, an advantage or disadvantage if you want that? I think I'd be a zombie. Oh, okay. That did not go the route I was thinking, but that actually makes a lot more sense than where I was going with it. Because then I could blend in, you know? Right. And I, like, wouldn't have a fear of them attacking me because, and... You just, like, go incognito. And the thing that I always am worried about, well, not always, but it's just a small anxiety I have. First situations that come along when zombie apocalypses do happen is (laughs) I am a contact lens wearer, so eventually... In a zombie apocalypse, I'm going to have to wear my glasses. And if I'm trying to fend off and fight a zombie, then they might, like, get kicked off, you know, and, like, crunched. Right. That's actually a fair fear. Yeah. So if I was just a zombie, like a glasses-wearing zombie, Mm -hmm. and looked like them, like, I wouldn't have to fight anybody. Because, like, I would just, you know, pretend to go after other people. Right. I I mean, that's dark also, the last part. (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't act... (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't actually, you do you, know, you, Ash. Like, you do you. I don't judge, man. <laughs> do anything. I mean, my cover would be completely blown if the zombies were smart enough to be like, right. What if they're like, you need to eat this person? And then what are you going to do? Like, are you going to eat the person? No, absolutely not. <laughs> oh, so then, you, yeah, that's, that's, that's I think rough. my cover would, my cover would be blown, but I don't yeah. think zombies are smart enough to have that. I don't know. What if this is a super intelligent zombie apocalypse? I didn't clarify. Hmm. If it's a super intelligent, like, <laughs> Harvard zombies, yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Then maybe I'd just be Sonic the Hedgehog. That's <laughs> like, run away. <laughs> I'd be like, Sonic because then I could just f- go into a ball and just zoom away. <laughs> well, I don't know if you get that ability, but you get the costume. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd have spikes uh, all over me, so we'll see. Uh, I could yeah, just curl that's, up like an, that's fair. like an armadillo. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. Hmm. What about you? Uh, I'd go as, like, there's a couple things. I mean, I was thinking I was going to go as, like, a zombie hunter, but. uh, Oh, wow, classic. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Uh, Wow, that's, that's really creative. So in the hopes of being creative, I would go as. A baseball player, because I get a sweet bat, and that'll work. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there you go. Yep, yep. That's what I would do. Baseball player. Ooh, baseball. That reminds me of. Um, I would actually be Steve Harrington from, or blah, blah, Steve Harrington from Stranger Things, because he has oh, the baseball bat with the. That's a good with oh, the nails in it. <laughs> that's a good call. Good call, the Negan bat. That's what that is. <laughs> and I'd have great hair, gray hair all the time. You know. I mean, yes, that's true. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. This got weird. (laughs) Shocking. Every Halloween aganza. Every time. 
All right, all right, all right. Next question. Okay, so what's more fun, Halloween parties when you were younger or when you were or when you're older? Not when you were older because you are older. Oh, shots fired. And (laughs) I'll remember that. Next time I have to write a script, somebody's going to be using the word derelict a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see. I would say I like Halloween parties. Younger as in like a kid or younger as in like young 20-something? Well, I would say like younger as a kid and then like older would be like 20-somethings on. Oh, okay, cool. I would say actually Halloween parties now. Ooh, all right. Well, not now, but like as an adult. Reason being, yeah, yeah, you get to drink, which is fun. I mean, not like I drink much, but still, it's always kind of like a festive environment. You get to dress up with your friends and like you get to dress up as like kind of cool fantasy things that you never would have dressed up as like, you know, as a child or as a teenager. But now you're like, "Eh, I'm in my 20s. I don't care. Or in your 30s and you really don't care. (laughs) So you wear more like fun outfits like, you know, whatever. So there's that. I feel like my makeup skills have gotten much better as I've gotten older. So there's that. I can have some pretty cool costumes. That's a good point. Now you're really making me think about my answer now. You're welcome. Yeah. And we get to make jello shots. Ah. Yeah. That I had that at one Halloween party. It was good times. Ah, Lost count of the awesome. jello shots, but had a great time. <laughs> we used to have some pretty epic Halloween parties though. So it's pretty hard to like top those. Yeah. You know, I think I'm gonna have to go with when I was younger. Aw. Because cute. I don't know, dirt cups. Do you remember dirt cups? <laughs> No, what is this? Oh my god, they were so great. It was you had like a little cup, like a solo cup or something, and it would be filled with chocolate pudding, and then you'd crumble Oreos on there and you'd put sour gummy worms or just gummy worms. Is that a Halloween thing? I've seen that before. I thought it was like yeah, a kid's, I mean, like food thing. I mean, whenever I went to a Halloween party, that was like the big thing is the ho- really? is the dirt cups. Huh. My Halloween parties did not have dirt cups. I was cheated out of dirt cups. (laughs) I don't know. I think it was just fun. That would be fun. It was more fun as a kid because you just didn't really care. True. You kind of had the same vibe I do. Yeah, I feel like when I was older, like from my 20s on, you know, Mm. like in your 20s, you're kind of like, I don't know. This is just my my experience. I was like a little more insecure, less confident, you know, like I wasn't really, I was a person, but I wasn't really my person. You know what I mean? Ah, yeah. You don't feel like you were defined yet. Yeah. And I just feel like when you're a kid, you don't really care. You're like, whatever. If I fall down and get dirt all over my pants, like, great. That's (laughs) fair. Like, I feel like, yeah, you are a little bit more carefree as a youngin. So maybe there's this like naivety that goes with like Halloween and the whole thing of getting candy and all of that. Maybe that's, yeah, that's the vibe. Yeah. And I feel like bobbing for apples was also like a really fun game. I've Never bobbed for apples. Oh my gosh! You Never. should have came to my yeah. kid Halloween parties. Apparently, I I missed a lot of. Well, I didn't grow up here to be honest. So my um Halloween memories start at like the age of like eight or nine here. We it's mm-hmm. not something we because I li- lived for the most part in the Middle East um during those years. So we didn't really do Halloween. It wasn't really a thing there. Yeah, but it was here. Yeah. We did the pump. Whenever we were here, we would do the pumpkins and stuff. And the costumes. Yeah, pumpkin carving is all a lot of fun, but my I think my favorite part is the is roasting the pumpkin seeds because they taste so good. I've never had that. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Really? Yeah. I carved my very so we would have the pumpkins when we came, but we would always paint the little features on. 
because I didn't want to tear up the, the pumpkins. It's a reoccurring thing with me. <laughs> um, so I would paint faces and stuff onto the, the pumpkins, but I wouldn't like carve them. But uh, I carved my first pumpkin with my brother, with Hanny, who's come on the show many times. I think we were both, he w- I was probably like 27. He was like 17 or 18. And I just remember the two of us, we'd gotten those like patterns to make the fancy carved pumpkins. You know the ones. Oh, yeah. They never work. They never work. And <laughs> we were like trying so diligently. And we're both artists and we're both perfectionists. And we're both anxious as can be. Like we're both kind of neurotic. So, <laughs> and back then we were unmedicated. <laughs> <laughs> and so I remember the two of us being so stressed out trying to carve these pumpkins. It took for hours. And Hanny's girlfriend at the time was just like blown away <laughs> by <laughs> the like anxiety ridden brother and sister duo who were making terrible pumpkins and stressing out about it. We weren't oh, enjoying great. our pumpkin carving. So I think I ended up giving up and just making like the typical like cut out triangle eyes and little nose and little mouth, like the easy one. I gave up on whatever pattern I was trying to do. Yeah, I don't have the patience to do like a big nah. pattern. I always just do the face. My mom's growing pumpkins right now, Mama Nerdling. Ooh. And uh, she sends me daily pictures of her little pumpkin patch every day. It's the cutest thing. But I don't know. I just didn't really expect them to look the way that they do, like when they're on the vine still and like still, like they were really green. I guess I didn't really know that pumpkins started out like that. It feels really dumb to say this, but <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> and so I remember being like pretty surprised by the pumpkins and a little disappointed that they weren't orange yet. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so I've been getting her her play-by-play, although I won't get that much longer because I think it's almost time for her pumpkins to uh, be done. I'm sure she's going to be disappointed. She's Aww. I don't know what she's going to plant next. All right, so our second to last question. If you could prank someone on Halloween, what would your, your prank be? You know, this is kind of cruel, but I mean, it's Halloween and trick-or-treating, you know. As a kid, you expect things to just be jumping out at you. Oh, absolutely. We're on the same page with what we're going to go with, I think. I feel like I would totally, like, either be on the porch or Mm. be sitting in a chair or something and just be completely still and kind of make myself look like a scarecrow or That's kind of cool. That's pretty fantastic. Um, And then when when the kids walk by, just, like, totally jump out and scare them. That's funny. Your brother and I have a, a similar a similar goal. Um, So maybe this is genetic. (laughs) But we keep saying what we want to do. And this is like something we plan to do at some point. So we thought it would be funny to build animatronics from like The Grudge and from the other one, um, The Ring. And so we thought it'd be really funny to build the like a foam version of the um, well that Samira always comes out of in the in the ring. We thought it'd be really cool to do that and like have like an animatronic like dummy kind of raise up from it and kind of crawl out we had a whole vision for setting up animatronics for this we like googled all of this so it's happening (laughs) and then the other one we wanted to do was the little boy from the grudge where he's like always sitting on the we were gonna have him sit down on the stoop with the cat and then um as he's sitting there we were gonna have him meow at trick-or-treaters and then we have that little like awning outside of our front door so we thought it'd be really funny to make the lady ghost from the grudge like do an, another animatronic and have her like walk over to the edge and put her head down. <laughs> yep. We that's had a, a whole plot. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so awesome. 
Yeah, we we live for this. This is like our jam, but then we kind of haven't done it because usually our trick-or-treaters are really young. They're like under the age of like eight. They're Most are like three to five age. And neither of us feel good about terrifying small, small children. You know, we want to leave the littles alone. So we're like, well, maybe we'll wait until uh, we live in a neighborhood where it's all teenagers at that point. Then we would do it. Yeah, that, that's yeah, that's true. I mean, I'd feel guilty like destroying a small child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, speaking of like little pranks, I remember this was actually the year that I dressed up as a pajama girl. Yeah. Every year there was like this really ritzy neighborhood and all the kids would go there because they had the king size candy bars. <laughs> yeah. And everyone knows that neighbor. Yeah. And that's what my friends and I would do. And one year probably on the the cusp of being too old to go trick-or-treating, probably like 14. And I remember I was with a group of friends and we're walking down the the road and we just see this person standing there and I believe they were dressed as Ghostface. Oh. Yeah, and they were just standing there and we're like, you know, teenagers, little punks. Right. And we're like, what are you doing? Like, why are you just standing there? You know, kind of like egging them on. And they're still just standing there not saying anything. That's so creepy. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> they start chasing us. And they, oh, have, they have the knife that Ghostface has. That and, is scary. Oh, yeah. They got all of us. We, like, <laughs> we were just the all amount scream, of screaming. screaming down the road as this, like, strange person in a Ghostface costume is chasing us. Oh, that's so creepy. You know, that scream was actually based off a real case, right? Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, the Gainesville Ripper. Yeah. Sorry, that just wholly reminded me of um, the actual story behind Scream. Sorry. No, yeah. It was definitely definitely scary in the moment, though. We were like, what is going on? Oh, my God. I don't do well when anyone, like, you know when people, like, pop up at you or, like, run out like anything like that like jumpy i'm i'm so easy to get i will lose my mind and scream and run really fast yeah <laughs> my rule is i just have to be faster than whoever i'm with that's it <laughs> yeah oh yeah. that's yeah um terrifying and funny all oh, at the same it was time hilarious. i like that prank if i was the age i am now and there was these little punk kids being like, what are you doing? What are you just mm. doing? I would totally chase them. If I was in like a full costume, I'm like, I'm going to scare the shit out of these little punks. <laughs> oh. And then they'll learn their lesson. Right? Oh, I'd be so freaked out. So freaked out. <laughs> so my question for you, Nat, is mm. if you had to be chased by Leatherface or yeah, no. the classic <laughs> slow walk but's always near you, uh, Michael Myers. I'm going Michael because Leatherface fucking eats people. No. <laughs> you know I have a fear of cannibals and all of that. Absolutely not. I'm going with, I, I can take Mike Myers. I just got to be like fast or get a new car, get out of that town. Like just don't be in town. <laughs> he doesn't go far. He's not going to get in a car and drive somewhere. But he's he walks Typically, so fast, to get a ride. though. Every time you turn around, he's like just a little closer. I mean, yeah. I just have to be really fast and get out of town. I'm going on the interstate. I'm not going to play any of his yeah. games. I'm not going in the woods or anything like that. I'm getting in my car. I'm going to gun it. I'm going to hit the interstate, and I'm just going to go <laughs> until, like, Boston. Uh, <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Either he's going to get bored with the adventure or, you know, I'm not worth the effort. Either way is fine. I'm not dealing with the cannibals, though. Mm -mm. (laughs) Nope. 
Nope. All I think of is the meat hook from Texas Chainsaw, and absolutely not. All right. All right. <laughs> I'll, take I'll take it. I'll take it. Yep. Yep. Let's see. I got to have a good one for that. If you could turn into any one of the old-timey MGM monsters, which one would you choose? So like Wolfman, Frankenstein, Dracula. Ooh, that's a good one. Mummy, Invisible Man, Creature from the Black Lagoon. That's a really good Could one. Could even go with the blob. I'd give you that. Yeah. Um, I thought it would be fun. Yeah, that is fun. Well, we all know I like werewolves and vampires, so I'm not going to pick that. I think I'm going to pick Creature from the Black Lagoon. I had a feeling you might choose that if you didn't go with werewolf. Well. So, so why would you choose that one? Um, just because I feel like the creature from the Black Lagoon, the movies are so classic, like classic horror, you know, like mm-hmm. the gorgeous girl and like the creepy, like yeah. gross creature. But also I just love like water. <laughs> I feel like I'm a water baby. Yeah, you are. Yeah. So I feel like that would be. It's kind of like your selkie. Yeah. Yeah. Like you would be just a really scary looking selkie. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like. That's a good one. I would do that because I love water. All right. I can get behind that one. How about you? I think I'm going to go authentic because Egyptian. I think I'm going to pick the mummy because I feel like I have a good chance with that. You know, like genetically, I feel I feel okay about it. So I'm going to go the mummy just to, you know. Keep up my ancestors. Yeah, there you go. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Kind of boring, but I'll go with it. <laughs> uh, if I wasn't doing that, I would pick Frankenstein because he's my favorite. Frankenstein, yeah. Well, I should say I should say the monster. Dr. Frankenstein is not my favorite. The monster is, but I would pick him because I am a huge fan, especially of the old movie with Boris Karloff, one of my all-time favorites. Mm-hmm. Love that movie. That is so a good, good one. Yeah. That's my answers. Ish. There's always two for me. Uh, I like alternatives. (laughs) All right, kiddo. I think that brings us to the end of our questions, but not the end of the episode. I believe we did promise that we would tell some stories. We did, yeah. We did. We did. You want to kick it off? All right, nerdlings. So I think this one's pretty awesome. This tale is actually not one of a legend. It's not one of a place. This is actually an artifact. And it's a terrifying one at that. So let's all head over to the Catskill Mountains of New York. Because, you know, I had to keep it to the East Coast side of the U.S. because <laughs> it's me. So these mountains, just to kind of give you an idea, they're three hours north of New York City. And around five and a half hours from good old Vermont. So I'm going to go out on a ledge here and say we're safe from its grasp, Nat. Um, I hope so, because I don't want to be anywhere near this thing. Nope, nope. You know my fears. So, <laughs> so like I had mentioned, knowledge of this artifact came to light while two hikers were on a trail in the Catskill Mountains. And of course, in true fashion, I pick something in the nature, like a mountain. Of course hiking. you do. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. The things I will not do. <laughs> so they had discovered a cave, and a little advice is do not go in a creepy cave when you see one. Why does everyone do this? Yeah. Why? Yeah, these hikers went into the cave, and when they were in the cave, they spotted a weird wooden figurine. Kind of like a statue, but like not big. It's, it's pretty small. It looked to be a woman carved into wood. 
And Whoa. this is where they should have just left it alone. Like, if I saw this, yep. I would have been like, ah, oh, hell no. Nope. Nope. Yep, absolutely not. That sounds like some Blair Witch shit. Yeah, so a noose hung around its neck. <sighs> and to make matters even worse, the eyes of the figure were actually impaled with rusted nails. Ooh, that's like a voodoo doll. Yeah, so... Oh, that's scary. Each eye had three nails, so like six nails total, which we all know the number yeah. six. Yikes. And so, yeah, so what do you do when you find a creepy thing in the woods? Well, bring it home, of course. Uh, no, no, that's not what you do. I know, I you, know. You, you leave that thing and burn it. That's what you do. <laughs> so if Nat and I went hiking, we would have definitely left it. But these two hikers actually had a little, like, one hiker was like, I'm going to take it. And the other one was like, no, leave it where it lies. And so the hiker took it home. And when the hiker took the artifact into their home, weird things started to take place. I took all this information from an article that was written by Greg Newkirk. And it was said in the article that the hiker that took the artifact was actually, like, um, an atheist. He he didn't believe in paranormal. Like, he was like, I don't believe in any of this. This is all hogwash. Right. Whatever. So took it into their house and realized that they had made a horrible mistake <laughs> eventually. Yeah. No, don't take that home, man. Don't take that home. I know. I know. I know. So as we all know, Reddit is a great source of info like if you want to find some fun stories so in january of 2016 a reddit thread actually popped up about a man telling a story of a creepy object that they had found in a cave this was the other hiker allegedly that made this um reddit post so he had stated that a few weeks after their friend brought home this thing into their house the friend had started smelling like a, a strange smell in his house and that exact wood figurine from the cave kept moving from where he had last placed it. So, and I'm not talking like just like a quick movement. I'm talking like put this thing in the bathroom for some odd reason and it's now in the living room. Oh, creepy. It no. traveled. So this friend was also losing sleep at night because they heard literal bumps in the night. Like, they'd hear, like, bumps on the wall, knocking on his door. And then when he went to go check the door, nobody was there. So just all around strange happenings and strange things kept happening and seemed to be becoming more frequent. And that strange smell that I had mentioned earlier just kept getting stronger. And the smell actually smelled like pond water. Ew, that's gross. Yeah, yeah. He felt as though that there was someone watching him in his house as well. Like, you know, we had mentioned before when you mm -hmm. feel like someone's watching you or like you yeah. feel somebody near you. Ugh. So, yeah, like I said, the friend didn't believe in the paranormal, and he thought everything was just a coincidence. And he was like, oh, well, the, the, the figurine moved because my dog must have grabbed it and like brought it to the other room. Right. But as you know, always trust your animals. Like, yep. they can sense things. They just know. They know when shit's weird. And it was interesting, too, because the dog was extremely scared of this statue. It would not go near it. Um, apparently, according to the article, the dog had accidents in the house frequently um, ever since the statue was put in the house. Oof. So, like I said, the figurine kept moving, and he had also noticed soggy, muddy footprints in his house. Not the kind where you have shoes on, but like bare feet. Soggy and like wet and like somebody had just walked out of a pond, I guess you could say. Oh. 
And also something of note is when he would walk up to the figurine, he would hear loud breathing, which is terrifying. Luckily for the friend, um, after that Reddit post, this man, Greg Newkirk, who wrote the article that I had gotten the information from, he happens to own a traveling museum of the paranormal and occult with his wife, Dana Matthews. So after getting a hold of Greg and Dana, these four people were conversing and the two hikers decided to offer up the haunted figurine um, in a place in their museum because they, they were going to like light it on fire and it, mm-hmm. people on Reddit are like, don't do that. You can't burn a haunted artifact. It'll like stay with you forever. Ugh. So, Oh, I didn't know that. Like if you burn it. Well, I mean, this is just what people were saying on Reddit. Um, so it's not like reliable, but yeah, I feel like if you try to destroy a haunted artifact, it can like, I don't know, the, the haunted being can leave that artifact and like attach to you or something creepy like that. I totally, totally believe in that now. That's creepy. Yeah, I feel like it like it makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, the two hikers, they sent the figurine to Greg and Dana. They got it via mail carrier. They got the box, they opened it to reveal the small statue. So when they took out the artifact, what they normally do with all the other things that they get is they take a few photos, they write a few notes about it, mm-hmm. put it back in the box. You know, I mean, it's just it was just like a cardboard box. It wasn't anything crazy. Uh, they locked it up. They they went about their day, you know? Yeah. Just like you would. This is something they do all the time. So later they discovered that the hauntings that were happening to the hikers were now happening to them. One day they heard like this huge commotion in another room in their house and they're like, huh, that's weird. The cats are fighting. Like we got to go break them up. Mm -hmm. So they go in the other room and the cats weren't in that room. They were in a completely different one and they were terrified. Like the cats wouldn't leave that room because they were so scared. Oh, poor babies. And Greg had actually noticed that they had a Jesus crucifix that was hanging on the wall and that was now on the floor. Oh, yeah, no, no. That <laughs> sounds like some demon shit. Nope. I know. I don't like any of that. So Greg picked up this crucifix and turned it over and when he looked at it, he noticed that the nails are missing in the in the crucifix <gasps> and one of the arms were missing. What? And as he looked around the room, he noticed the missing arm was, like, flung across the room. So, wow. So it was, like, force. Yeah. He thought there was no way that the cats had, could have knocked it down and flung the arm across right. the room. Because they were, like, in a completely different room. They were terrified. So they were actually worried that the new artifact was the culprit. Fair. So what they did, seeing as they're very experienced with these kind of things, they set a motion-detecting camera up in the same room as the artifacts and mm-hmm. for an entire two months after they did that there was absolutely no movement nothing happened um and then all of a sudden in march they got the answers they were looking for oh so the motion detector camera went off and when it goes off that's when it records and the video actually shows the crone moving ever so slightly <gasps> a like, crone if you or sorry <laughs> the artifact. Oh. It's called the Corona Cat Skills, so sometimes, you know, I like to switch it up. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so the the artifact was moving ever so slightly, and you can actually see this video on their website. So you mm. can look it up. I watched it. It's really creepy. Ugh. You just kind of see it, like, turn maybe, like, uh, not like a full turn, but just like a slight turn back and forth. That's enough to be terrifying. <laughs> Yeah, so they thought, huh, that was weird. And so they kept the camera on the artifact, or the crone, 
for the next few weeks and nothing really happened in the video, but actually Greg's wife, Dana, had noticed a huge wet spot on their couch, like mm-hmm. on the back of their couch. And so they're mm-hmm. like, huh, that's weird. And she asked Greg, she's like, did you shower? Like, why is there just this huge wet spot on our couch? Right. And um, there's actually a picture of that as well on their website. And he was like, I, I was not on the couch soaking wet. Like, this is weird. And at the same time, they they also noticed that the pond stench just kept lingering in their house. They like oh, kept smelling no. that like nasty pond water. At this point, I mean, they're experienced with haunted artifacts. They had had enough. Greg took the artifact and gave it like a stern talking. <laughs> Fair. And, um, Supposedly that works. Yeah. <laughs> and this is actually quoted from his article. Um, it says, quote, if we'd left you with the hikers, you would have found your way into a fire pit or a garbage can. If you found your way to a priest, you'd be bound and buried, or worse, locked on a dusty shelf for years. We're happy for you to live here, but only if you respect the situation. Hmm. If you've got unfinished business, we'll help you put it to bed. But if you don't treat us respectfully, you're going in the box, unquote. Fair. They gave him a choice. Yes. That seems reasonable. I support. Yeah, so um, I'm sure you've seen this before with, like, Dylan the doll or, you know, Annabelle. Oh, they're so scary. Yeah, they put those kind of, like, artifacts in a glass case. Yeah, so they can't. Yeah. Yeah. So I believe that's what they're talking about as going in the box. Yeah, Um, that makes sense. So at that same moment, Greg was talking the artifacts. Right after, the sound of rushing water came from the next room. So, of course, if you hear rushing water, you're like, oh, my God, a pipe burst. So they ran to it, but there was absolutely no water. I'm just shaking my head and not happy over here. That is creepy as shit. That's when they both decided the best way to deal with this artifact was to put it in the box. Yep. Um, They seem to have good luck with it in the past, so that's exactly what they did. Support that decision. So as they went back to go get the artifact after they heard the rushing water, uh, they noticed that the little figurine had fallen under the table. So when Greg went to go grab it, Dana had actually rushed in because the TV was kind of like about to fall on him. (gasps) Okay. Yeah, it was it was gonna fall on his head, and That's there creepy. there were loud knocks happening in the living room that they were in. You know, classic like poltergeist stuff. Like lights were flashing and flickering, and things were shaking, and so that's when they were both like, "Okay, this is going in the box." So they put the artifact in the box, and ever since then, I mean, they wrapped it up. Um, it's in the box. It's secure. It's padlocked. And yep. the the strange scents, the the pond water scent, and the strange happenings all kind of left. Um, huh. But they do say that they kind of feel the shadowy presence still. Ooh, that gives me such chills. No joke. Like that one really creeps me out. I yeah, keep looking and- over my shoulder because I like my back is to the door. And it's <laughs> shut, but it's really creeping me out. Yeah, it's and it's so crazy. Like, I love when I hear these kind of stories about something that's really close. Like, this is just in New York. Uh, that's why, why I was like... Why, Ash? Why would you say that to me? <laughs> well, that's why? why I'm like, ooh, this is, this is like... I think we're far enough away. And I actually don't know where... Since they're a traveling museum, um, yeah. I don't actually know where their, like, their hub is, but... They do. I know they've been all over. I think they came to Boston one year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they actually have, if you go to their website, 
Um, I was a little too nervous to do it because I've actually heard that when they are in the traveling museum, they do have the Crown of Catskills um, in Ooh. the glass box. They do have it with them because they bring yeah. all their artifacts with them. And um, yeah. I did actually hear that some people, they feel like they're being watched when they're looking at it. But also, um, a lot of people have said when they do go to the traveling museum and they do see mm-hmm. the crone, um, it's almost kind of like their eyes can't really focus on it. Like, it's almost like huh. the crone is making it so people can't stare directly at it. That's really creepy. Yeah. It's it's really spooky, and the fact that they found it in a cave on a hike, like, is just terrifying Ooh. in itself. That is really, yeah, that one, oh, that one totally has gotten under my skin. I don't like that at all. It's it's really spooky, and I can't believe that Greg and Dana have a traveling, like, artifact in a cold yeah. museum. That's, that's so crazy. That's, Could like, you, awesome, oh. but I just, I just don't know how they sleep at night. <laughs> no, I couldn't sleep at night, but yeah, mad respect, but oof, nope, I could not handle that. If you want to see that full article, it'll be in our notes, so our li- you listeners can uh, look it up, and yeah. you can uh, check out their website. They also have um, live footage, so what they'll do sometimes is they'll have a, a camera constantly on an artifact, and you can actually go and watch, watch the recording. Ooh, yikes. And I'm not sure, like, if the Crone of Catskills is, like, always on the live live feed. I'm going to have to um, show this to there, your brother. Yeah, but there was a little video of, um, I did see a past recording of the Crone of Catskills being on this live feed. Yeah. And um, they're, like, their meter, you see it in, like, Ghost Hunters and stuff. Yeah. Their meter was kind of going off the Richter scale and um, there was, like, a little nail that was leaning against the Crone of Catskills and it, like, fell off. Which is really spooky. Wow. That is really creepy. I hadn't heard this one. I'm not familiar with it, but I'm going to have to show it to your brother now because that is so scary and it freaks me out. And now I, I need know. somebody else to be freaked out. <laughs> and if you, look, if you look at the photo, it's it's really creepy. Like the, the nails and the eyes are just awesome. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. That, uh, see, I believe in haunted objects for sure. So like that kind of stuff really just like, I don't know why, it just gets under my skin. Especially because it doesn't sound like this thing was like nice by any means like this isn't like some wayward spirit thing this sounds like evil and demonic so in the article greg actually stated that his personal belief is that this crone i know you said voodoo doll earlier yeah yeah they think this was created to summon a spirit of a local witch back like back (sighs) when and they they don't know why so they think it's like old yeah, and like who knows if that like was a voodoo doll for the witch because they have the six nails in the eyes and like the noose, right. you know? Oh, so maybe they like unleashed the Oh, I don't like that at all. Yeah. <laughs> this story is getting worse. I'm so freaked out now. This is not good. <laughs> I wish I was joking. I'm like in my little makeshift office all freaked out and keep looking behind me now because I'm all paranoid ash. <laughs> I don't think I want to go now. I think we know who won. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That is so terrifying. Well, you don't have a choice. You have to go. Yeah. It's just dark. It's just sad. (laughs) Yeah, I know. So as most of you know, I'm not actually from the U.S. I'm actually part Egyptian. So I actually was born not in Egypt or in the U.S., but I was born in Kuwait City. My dad who's Egyptian, was teaching there. And so my mom, who is American and came from Oklahoma, actually, uh, they moved there 
so most of my childhood, I actually lived there. But, you know, eventually we kind of settled in Vermont. Like we had a house here, but we didn't stay here often. About when I was like eight, we decided to permanently stay here. Uh, so, you know, years would kind of pass by. We'd settle into Vermont. We'd get older. My parents would decide to get divorced. But this actually led to my mom actually taking us kids back to Oklahoma. So me and my brothers. And we actually ended up living in Oklahoma for a couple of years just so she could be closer to her family and stuff like that. My dad had gone back overseas for a couple of years there. So, you know, we ended up settling into kind of a new routine in Ripley, Oklahoma. It's a small little town. It's got, you know, I don't even know if it had like a store or anything. It was just tiny, tiny town. But for such a small little area, it was just rife with like all of these stories of like pain and sorrows. You know, it was an outlaw territory um, back in the day. It was a very hard place to live. It was very like wild west for a long time. So, you know, everyone would um, kind of see like outlaws were pretty common in the day in Oklahoma all throughout. And uh, it's unsurprising that uh, that area has a dark and bloody history. Uh, it turns out there is a legend in the town of the woods of Ripley, Oklahoma, and it states that it may just be haunted by the spirits who died brutally in the area, probably something like 100 years ago or more. And so today, I'm going to tell you all the story of Ripley, Oklahoma's infamous Ghost Hollow. Ooh. It is said that on a windy night, those near the area of Ghost Hollow report hearing the sounds of moans emitting from the area Specifically, they're coming from a large old, what is known as the hanging tree, that stood within those woods. The name of the woods in this area in Ripley is actually called Ghost Hollow. In Ghost Hollow, there's an ancient elm tree that supposedly looks like the kind of tree you imagine being right at home in a supposedly haunted wood. It's exactly like you would picture. It's a trunk with massive, you know, limbs. This trunk is just huge. It's like bulbous, and it's kind of just shows the age of this tree and how ancient it really is. It has those gnarled limbs. Everything's kind of bare on the tree. It looks, you know, like almost like it's dying. So it has no bark on it. And in essence, it's kind of the perfect type of tree for the events that would later come to pass in Ghost Hollow. So this first unfortunate event that occurred in the woods of Ripley and possibly the event that actually first started the curse was at some point during the early 1800s when a young Native American princess supposedly fell in love with a white man she had met. Their romance flourished, and at some point, the Native American princess decided she wanted to run off with the young man and get married to him. As the legend states, the princess's father got wind of the romance, and he didn't approve of the match, and so it's said that he actually rode into the woods uh, with either his bow or a gun. I saw conflicting on that. And... When he came across his beloved daughter with a white man, obviously the man she had fallen in love with, well, he is supposedly said to have shot either the arrow or a bullet with the intent of actually killing her would-be suitor. But in his haste, his aim was off, and so the shot would instead hit his princess, his beloved daughter. She was only 17 years old, and so it is said that a death will happen every 17 years as a means to fulfill the curse. And so this event is the origin story for the possible hauntings that have settled in these woods. So several decades later, around probably like 1887, 1888, 
It is said that there were three outlaws who would actually find themselves hanging from that very same ancient tree within the hollow. And even at that time, this tree was engorged. It was just ancient even for then. So we're talking like over 100 years ago, this tree was still ancient at that time. So the tree at that time, though, was more alive. And so the limbs were actually fairly sturdy. And they would be sturdy enough to hold the weight of these three outlaws. So these three men found themselves hanging from that very tree as punishment for their crimes. They were actually accused of horse thieving, and back then, the crime of theft was actually punishable by hanging. And so it's assumed the townsfolk lynched the three horse thieves, which would, of course, add more spilled blood to the ground below that old hanging tree. So then sometime after the first hanging on that old tree, Ghost Hollow would once more spill blood upon its soil with the hanging of yet another soul that of a gamester who was actually caught cheating while he was gambling. In response to his crimes, the gamester was actually hung from the limbs of that ancient elm, adding to the body count within the woods of Ghost Hollow. So time would pass, and soon the early part of the 20th century would arrive. It is actually said that skeletal remains were found in the hollow during this time, so in the early 1900s. And then only about a decade or so later, about 1939, there was a tragic car wreck And it actually occurred in the hollow, and it would add to the carnage, suffering, and deaths that the hollow had witnessed or even perhaps perpetrated. It seems that as more decades passed by, the hollow became louder and louder and darker. An eerie weighing silence was often found in those very woods. Many people who lived near the hollow would report that at times when the wind was just right, they would actually hear moaning coming from that old ancient elm tree. It was a sound that felt eerily like the sound of a human moaning in pain. So a few years later, a group of boys and their actual 4-H instructor decided to go into the woods, and they actually reported that the horses they were all riding in the woods would become spooked for whatever reason, so they didn't see anything. All they heard that day was the eerie moaning emanating from the trees within those woods. Some more time would pass, and then in the fall of 1996, I myself would actually find myself hearing of the legend of Ghost Hollow. So my school bus drove past the woods every day, and I found myself becoming fascinated by the tales the locals told about the hollow. I was only 11 or so at the time and had literally just become obsessed with everything that was creepy and spooky. Legends, lore, ghost stories, Stephen King books, you name it. That was my jam. And so it wasn't surprising that, of course, I would be totally attracted to the story of a creepy hollow like this, and especially anything with a ghost story. So... Every day I was bugging my mom and begging her to take us over there. Uh, Probably for months this went on. And at the time, we were actually living um, in my aunt's house with my aunt and uncle and their son. And eventually my mom did cave. And so she and my aunt and uncle thought it would be really funny to kind of like call my bluff a little bit. And so they offered to actually finally take us to Ghost Hollow because they were tired of hearing me whine about wanting to go there. (laughs) So they loaded us all up, and it's actually got a road nearby, so you can drive right through it. So they actually ended up driving us right into the woods of the hollow. And I just remember as soon as we hit those woods, it went from being bright daylight out, and then all of a sudden, it was just so dark. It was crazy darkness that kind of just settled in the woods. It never was bright in there, ever. And one of the things that caught our attention was that as soon as we were entering into the woods... We literally heard no animal sounds. So like normally in the woods, you hear, you know, you hear the sounds of chipmunks, you hear leaves, you hear 
anything and everything. You hear all of these sounds of, the, of nature. And it, when we went, we didn't hear a single thing. It was just so silent. Mm, that's um, creepy. It was really creepy. And so as we drove past that old road and got into Ghost Hollow further, we actually ended up passing right by the hanging tree. And I just remember how imposing seeing this this tree against the road was. But it had, you know, typically the same things as what the story would say, you know, the gnarled bare arms. It had this, like, crazy, massive trunk. It literally looked like the trunk was, like, fat and pregnant. Like, you know, it was just, like, round. And it definitely looked, I don't know, it just looked unsettling. It didn't look, there was something about it that just did not look right. And so I just remember, like, as we were driving by, thinking, like, if there was a tree that actually was haunted in these woods, like, that definitely would be the tree. It was just that kind of level of creepy. I've never seen a tree ever since that was as scary as that one, like, ever. But that one just, like, to this day has settled with me. So nothing actually happened to us on our adventure into the woods of Ghost Hollow that day. But the memory of the silence and definitely that eerie darkness over the woods uh, has never left me. If anything, it's pretty much just fueled my love for supernatural and macabre events, uh, probably even more than it was before. (laughs) (laughs) But more decades have definitely passed since I lived down in Ripley, Oklahoma, near Ghost Hollow. We're in a new century now, and I did recently hear that the old tree Must have either been cut down or some people say that it fell on its own. So there's some conflicting accounts of what happened to the tree. But as far as I understand it, the tree no longer exists. I haven't been in that area in a long time. So I'd be curious if people around Ghost Hollow still hear those moans from the trees, considering that tree that was the culprit is no longer there. I really do hope for their sake that uh, maybe now that the tree is gone, the moaning creepy sounds maybe have stopped in the hollow and perhaps maybe the actual curse of Ghost Hollow has finally been lifted. Ooh, that's creepy. Yeah, yeah my little creepy story. Creepy tree. I, I actually, that story's influenced me a lot. Um, I remember writing, I still have a short story I'm working on that's actually based off of that that tree itself and just the image of it. So it inspired me, that's for sure. But creepy little tale, right? Yeah, and I love the name Ghost Hollow. I know. I can't make you can't make that up. Like you, it's, you really can't. Like they just picked the name, and that's what it's always been. And it is like unsettling in those woods. No joke. It really is. At least it was when I was a kid. Could have been the you know massive amounts of lore and legend around it too. But it was creepy. Like genuinely creepy. So I think I I really like names with hollow in it because me like too. Said, I'm currently watching Gilmore Girls and the <laughs> fake the town the, the fake town that they have is called Stars Hollow. And oh, like, that's Man. right. I'm like I love like the hollow names. They're great. It's such a good name, right? It just that's- like gives you like this instant image in your head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I hear ghost hollow, creepy. I hear Happy Hollow. It's like, oh, that's adorable. Like, let's yeah. go there. That's quaint and cute. But yeah, I'm with you. I like that name a lot. Anything with hollow, I'm like, ooh. Yeah. But yeah, so that was the story I had to tell everyone tonight. Um, yeah, there's no question whose tale was scarier. There's none. <laughs> it was definitely yours. I'm still creeped out. <laughs> Nicely done, Ash. That story was creepy. Yeah, it's it's pretty creepy. And, like, I always worry, you know, like I said, I don't want to conjure up anything talking about any of this. (laughs) I know. You know, my luck is, like, you're going to conjure something, but it's going to live at my house. (laughs) That's my biggest fear right there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So let's hope we don't conjure anything over the next few weeks. 
Yeah. Well, actually, I take that back. Let's hope we can conjure a few more episodes and release for for our fine friends here. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) We're working on becoming more consistent. So hopefully we'll see you all fairly soon. Not too far now, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, we figured we'd release this and give you... A little something, something, you know. A little something, something. Till yeah. till we order, till we order, <laughs> till till we record the next few episodes. episodes of Cold and Buried. Yeah, I've literally had my i I ordered something online. I told I told Nat this, and I'm waiting for oh. it. So I keep constantly checking my orders on my email. So apparently, I just have orders on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I think that concludes. Our third annual Halloween aganza, my friend. Yeah, I think it does as well. On that note, see y'all later, nerdlings. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>